0: All right, when we come back after this, Jeff Brule's is going to give us a freshwater fishing report for you to go out and catch some bass, white perch, socolay, it's all coming next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And Jeff Brule provides us with a bass fishing and freshwater fishing report. It's a compliments of Berkeley, a division of pure fishing. And if you're looking for stocking stuffers, boy, as Berkeley got them. I'm talking fishing line, catfish flippers, weigh scales, filet knives, you name it. If it's for fishing, Berkeley has it, and they are a division of pure fishing. Good morning, Jeff. Well, let's talk bass because that seems to be the, the big issue here lately in the last several weeks. Uh, Maybe start out way downriver, down around Venice, a place you've been hanging out a little bit this
1: year. Yeah, it's good news. The river's falling again. It's right about five feet. The ports have been pretty good, uh, but if the wind comes up and muddies up the gulf, it kind of goes in with the incoming tide, and the fish could be tough. I mean, they catch them from Venice all the way downriver. You hit the canes on the main passes still. That's kind of the technique in places to try and I don't think there's a duck season open this weekend, so it means everything's pretty much wide open. Uh, I did get a report yesterday from some buddies of mine, and they, they did struggle a little bit. They caught fish, but it you know wasn't the typical Venice dream fishing trip where you catch like a hundred. But it all depends on the tide and the water clarity, and if it's coming in, it makes it a little tougher sometimes. If the water's a little higher because of the wind or something, sometimes that makes it tough. But just to uh, take a Berkeley red shad. Power bait worm, that's just the old standby. You just work it around the bottom off the bank and through the paint canes. And then if you found some vegetation, you can uh, use a pit boss or change up through those mats. And that's kind of the best setup to try when you find vegetation because your little better fish will be up under those mats.
0: That red shed worm has always been a staple down there, fishing those canes down in Venice. I guess that's because it's it's a crawfish color, and that's basically what they're feeding on. There's tons of crawfish rolling down that river.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't realize they are worms and eels and other things like that shape in the water that come out of the ground underneath the water. Like you go dig in your yard, they got grubs and worms and all that, and it's the same thing on the river bottom. So I think those fish relate. I think they think it's maybe like an eel or a snake or something, and they, they, they jump on it. I mean, it's good. It, anywhere in the country, you can take a red shad worm, catch fish on it. it it's just a great colored bait. To, if you don't know what to try, just go to that. That's a basic color, and it it should produce fish for you.
0: Jeff, you know, the other great river basin we have in Louisiana is the Chafalaya, and we have been talking about a lot about it lately. There's been some hit or miss, but it's getting right now because that river's falling. Tell us what's going on over there.
1: Yeah, the Morgan City gauge is at about 2.4 feet, which below 4 feet, that means it's not out in the woods, and the fishing gets pretty good. Um, now, I've had some good reports from Henderson all the way down to Morgan City. Uh, you just like in my little thing note, I put up there small spots with big results. Uh, that's kind of how fishing is this time of year. You, you might fish two hours and not get a bite and then you pull up to a point or a drain or something and you'll catch 10 in that one spot. It's you got to cover water this time of year to find those areas. And same thing with the basin, you got to hit wood cover, maybe a treetop or lay down and or take a spinner slow roll spinner spinnerbait off a drop off or, or through a drain or something. And then just, you know, fish somewhere about 10, 15 minutes, move down the bank to another spot. Just keep trying til you find the pattern, but I have got some good soccer reports over there. It's, if that's improved with the Falling River, they said the Big Pigeon area is uh, a good spot. You start searching the dead ends now for, you know, you want clean water and, and you want to try to find some fish in it. Uh, Porch were black to chartreuse tubes or garland blue ice under a car. That's just a good way to start. And then if you say fish are down about two to three foot, and slow retrieve, and if they get a cold front like we might get a little bluebird day today, you might want to try a little deeper.
0: Yep, you know, it's, it's tough when your guys are trying to hunt, and the fishing reports are so good. You get caught in between, and you try to do both. Jeff, you mentioned uh, a lot of fish in small spots. Uh, I call those fish oases. Uh, you, you go out to an area, and it's like an oasis in the desert. You don't find any fish, and then all of a sudden you'll just find them stacked up. You and C-Mac, uh, Chris Macaluso, had that experience in Chef Pass recently, and you might want to talk about that so people can kind of keep that in their mind when they're fishing.
1: You know, it, it's kind of funny. Just some days everything falls right into place. Uh, me and Chris decided we are going to go down we are going to fish a few trout first and then, you know, go catch some bass. Well, we got down to the Mr. Go and the Rocks and uh, we found a spot. Uh, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it on the radio because we've had, like, several guides call us after we post stuff on Facebook. So, But, it, you know, it was funny. We had it all ourselves. People could see us. They was passing by us all day long. And we sat there and we ended up catching about... 20 to 30 nice big trout. And um, it took us about two hours to do that. We kind of left them biting because we wanted to go catch some bass. And we head up in the marsh around the uh, Chef Pass area, and we caught 20 bass. So we had a had a great day. The trout came off a 3 ounce jig head just bouncing off the bottom with a ultraviolet matrix shad. And uh, caught, Chris made, has a worm injector. He makes moles, worms out of the moles. And uh, he had a paddle tail worm, and he – Forge a color called Delacro crab. It's kind of a dark watermelon with green and red flakes. And we basically just use that and we caught fish off of it. It was, it was a good bait. And uh, hopefully he's going to pull me a big old sack of them because uh, I sure did like them. But the, the fish were around posts and pylons and any kind of wood cover in the water and then main channels. And then um, if you got in like a bayou and it had a thick grass bed, you just flip the worm on the edge of it and we got plenty of bites.
0: Yep, that Chef Pass is a great wintertime spot for multi-species. Jeff, uh, tell me about this new product Berkeley is putting out, a, a new line product. It's, it sounds incredible.
1: Yeah, it's a great um, product. Uh, I love it mainly because of the price. It is a little bit less expensive than, like, pure flow requirement. But uh, most of your monofilaments are what they call copolymers. It just means it's a different kind of compounds infused, li- different kind of nylons and stuff infused into a line. But what they did was they took, added fluorocarbon to it, so you get a really abrasive resistant line, and it's less visible underwater than than mono. And um, I I've been using it catching fish. Uh, it's about half the price of regular fluorocarbon, so it, it you know it's one of those products that, like say so if you're flipping you canes, you'd want to use it. Um, yeah, you know, maybe in a little bit more stained water, a place where you know it's not ideal for fluorocarbon, that you really wouldn't be required to have it, but. It comes from 6- to 30-pound test spools, and so that's good for white perch or trout or even flipping a cane. So you, it covers just about every spectrum. But, again, it's tough. It's abrasive, a lot stronger than regular fluorocarbon, and uh, I can spool up more often because it costs a little bit less for me. So it, it's a great new product they got out, you need to check it out.
0: And give that name out again one more time for people that are going to be looking for it.
1: Berkeley Floor Shield.
0: Best of both worlds. Great report, yep. Jeff. Uh, we really appreciate it. Are uh, you heading out today, or are you going to kind of watch that weather?
1: I'm going to watch the weather. It's just kind of had a few showers up here towards Madisonville, Covington area, and the line's coming through, and it's probably going to be about 10, 11 o'clock before it gets all the way through, but um will probably just take it easy today. And uh, I got a little fruit arch that so I could go rake some straw to mulch my trees with, so that might be what I do this afternoon.
0: Sound like a plan. Jeff, thanks as always. We appreciate the report, and we'll catch up with you next
1: time. Thanks, Don.
0: All right, Jeff Brule, our freshwater and bass field reporter. Coming back after this, going to tell you about our Mississippi squirrel hunt yesterday. <laughs> Had a lot of fun doing that. Also, where you can watch it, because we got a, f- a lot of film and video we shot yesterday of it, too. And also your text messages, all coming up next on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And this morning, we're keeping an eye on a frontal system, I mean a classic-looking frontal system. It's not very wide, but it's extending from uh, up into Mississippi and northern Alabama on a – Southwest direction. Uh, Get ready to approach the western end of Lake Pontchartrain over Lake Maurepin, extending back uh, a little bit to the north of Homa and out into the Gulf. And it's moving pretty rapidly, so it should be in and out of here pretty soon. But uh, if you headed out this morning, uh, make note that it's there because within a, a narrow band, there's some pretty intense. Raining going on there, but most of it is moderate to light rain, and it's going to be around a while and then clear up, and you know the drill. We'll get the switch and temperature drop and uh, what we should be getting this time of the year. All right, uh, got some text messages coming in. Justin's in the refuge in Gentilly. He says he remembers his first duck hunt with his late Uncle John. He introduced him to the duck call. He let him call it, and he said he could call ducks better than he could. Now, I got a little intel on you, Justin. I happen to know that you uh, have some musical talent. And it's always been fascinating to me. I've I've always found that some of the best duck callers, were also either professional musicians or pretty good amateur musicians. And it's all in that rhythm and pattern thing, and I think that's why you had some success blowing the duck call. All right, we're going to take a quick station identification pause. When I come back, I'm going to tell you about my Mississippi squirrel hunt yesterday. A lot of fun, and you can see it on an upcoming episode in Season 6 of Bayou Wild TV. More details on it right after we pause for our local stations to identify themselves on the outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network and you may recall ray stevens's hit song the mississippi squirrel revival thing was pretty controversial i guess you could say it was politically incorrect in its day but it's a lot it's a, actually a funny very humorous song but anyway we had a little mississippi squirrel revival earlier this week in fact yesterday we were hunting up in woodville mississippi uh, jeff rogers the sanctuary and it was the first time since he has owned the property that Squirrel hunting took place, and uh, we were not disappointed. A lot of gray squirrels had a couple of good feist dogs. Uh, Jim Walker, who is the ex-information director for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, was along on the trip. Uh, We also had uh, Kevin Peel, who is a vine shaker, vine puller extraordinaire. And if you've ever hunted... Uh, squirrels in, in the woods where you've got vines up in the trees. You, you, someone grabs the vines, you pull them and shake them and gets the squirrel to move because otherwise they're going to flatten out up there on the top of those treetops and you have a very hard time of finding them. Uh, Martha Spencer and Chris LeCocque from Bayou Wild TV were along. Uh, we filmed it and you will get to see some of that on an upcoming episode of Bayou Wild TV. In fact, we got a really exciting season ahead for season 6 and I've been telling you all through the Last couple of months, some of the things we've been working on, and that's going to be kicking off. And also, one of the unique things about being up there at the sanctuary, uh, we're getting ready to produce our 100th episode of Bayou Wild TV. And the very first episode was filmed in the place where we were yesterday at the sanctuary. And Martha Spencer was, at that time, was new to hunting. She'd become quite an accomplished hunter since then. Of course, she's a licensed charter captain for the fishing. Uh, She took her first deer ever. And the next morning, we woke up to a beautiful winter wonderland. It was that snowfall that took place back there a couple of years ago, and everything was flocked, and it was during the Christmas season, and it was a great start of things to come for Bayou Wild TV, and we kind of had a reunion up there yesterday and uh, had a great time uh, with following the dogs and walking through the hills. And uh, we saw an interesting creature up there, too. If you look on my Facebook page, take a look at it and comment and see if you can identify it. Chris Lecock, our cameraman, happened to catch it on, on tape. And it, stra- it bears a strong resemblance to the Sasquatch. So... Uh, maybe you can identify who or what that is. All right, coming back after this, more of your texts. Thank you for sending them. The number is 504-260-1870. Questions, comments, we take it all. Also, we got more fishing reports. And we got a couple of guys that decided they were going to sell the flying squirrel. You know, It wasn't exactly rocky, but uh, they were busted by wildlife and fisheries with the help from themselves. We'll tell you their story, too. All that's still to come right here on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And uh, coming up uh, during the Christmas holidays in a couple of weeks, uh, I'm going to be headed to Kansas. Uh, didn't get enough of that pheasant hunting. Going to be taking my little pooch smoky and uh, also going up there with uh, daughter number one. You've heard her on the radio, Cherie, and their three German shorthairs, Briley and Dixie and Chance, and uh, going to try to bag some pheasants up there during the Christmas week. Uh, all right, we got more text messages coming in. Uh, let's see, we heard from Justin in the Gentilly Refuge. Here's one from the Backstrap Stacker, checking in from Clark County, Alabama, hoping for a good hunt this morning, waiting for the front to move through. Yeah, if you're going to be in a deer stand, you better be in a good covered one or have a really good rain suit until that system gets through. Uh, He says his, his patches, meaning... His food plots need the, the rain. It's been a dry fall in South Alabama. Well, backstrap stacker, I happen to be here in Alabama this morning. I uh, can't divulge my exact location. I'm on a special mission here this morning that it re- will remain secret. It's, I'm working undercover. All right, we also have a question coming in. Hey, Don, planning a trip to the lump. Lump, of course, being uh, that underwater a mountain, basically, off the mouth of the river that attracts a lot of offshore species. Uh, it says, what month would you suggest for quantity, not size, on yellowfin? That's uh, Tony. Listen to us in Gaucher, Mississippi. Uh, Tony, my opinion on that is going to be February, March. That's usually the two big months when the lump turns on, uh, depending on conditions and weather. Uh, it could be a little later. could be a little earlier into it. I'm going to talk to Daryl Carpenter because he's familiar with it, too, and uh, maybe if Martha Spencer, who regularly fishes that lump, and she's getting ready for that spring season there, maybe she could narrow it down a little bit and give you some advice. But uh, you'll catch both, actually. You'll catch uh, quantity and also size. Now, there's also a run generally happens in the month of October. Uh, you fish the shrimp boats, the offshore shrimp boats, when they're culling their catch and throwing it over the side. It attracts a lot of those tuna, and those are not the big ones, but you can catch a quantity of them. But you got to remember you got pretty short limits on tuna, And and actually, Wahoo, too, is a good time. This spring is a good time to fish the Wahoo offshore, too. All right, we also have, uh, let's see, sitting in the box in a beater waiting on Mr. John. Whoever Mr. John is caught 20 green trout. That's bass, for those of you not familiar with the term. Uh, Two of us, glad you mentioned that because the limit is 10. We'll have people wanting to turn you in for that. Uh, A month ago in the Biloxi Marsh, alongside of two limits of reds and a handful of trout. Love this state. Yeah, well, I can understand that. Hope you get one of those bucks. uh, That that rut is just on the verge of kicking off in, in your area, I can tell you that. Uh, we got another one. Says, uh, "Good morning. I have to work this weekend, but your show is on the shot here at the shop. All of us up here are fans, loyal listeners. Love your show. Have a great day." That's the Irish Coonass. Who's? Uh, I think he's in Alabama too. Seems like everybody's in Alabama this morning. Uh, and thank you for the the kind compliments. Love having you here. All right. We also have another one. Says, "I enjoy your Saturday mornings when I can't sleep." <laughs> Happy hunting holidays. Merry Christmas to you and God bless. That's from D. See, and let's see, Dixie Ranch, they're checking in this morning. They have a nice hunt, friendly people, and having a great dinner tonight. Everyone be safe. Yeah, Dixie Ranch is there in the uh, North Shore area in Lacombe. Great bunch of folks, a lot of tradition and heritage there. Uh, we also have the Pistol Hunter headed to Natchez, the Bucks are Frisky. Yeah, deer hunting is uh, reaching its peak in Mississippi and Louisiana. It comes a little bit later in Alabama. They actually have a late rut in January and kind of goes back to where some of their transplanted deer came from, that they brought their late rut tendencies with them, and who knows how many decades or maybe a century it'll take for them to adjust that and actually get on a more... Uh, timely rut that would be closer to what happens in the Deep South. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break here. i got some more text to share with you a little bit later on, but we got Daryl Carpenter coming up next with a Grand Isle fishing report. You'll hear it right here on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And Captain Daryl Carpenter of realscreamers.com joins us now for a fishing report from the Grand Isle, Leeville, Golden Meadow areas. And, Daryl, are you going to sit this one out till that front passes through? It's getting very near your area here.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, it looks like it might have a little bit of a punch to it too. So we're gonna wait and see what's behind it. That's for sure.
0: Definitely. Well, what's been the, the pattern if if they had one this week?
2: Well, it, you know, it kind of kind of warmed up a little bit this week, so it kind of. Kind of varied a little bit. The week started off, you know, fish a little bit deeper, like we had talked about last week, you know, kind of hanging in that deeper water and then showing up. And that look, Don, the tides have been real low all week long. So that morning tide has been extremely low. So it's, it's been one of those typical wintertime things. It's, it's no rush to get out there in the morning, you know, just kind of sleep in a little bit. You your good breakfast and then hit the water, and it's been, it's been proven a little bit better because as it warms up a little bit with that sun, the fish seem to get a little more active. Uh, evening trips have been really good this time of the year and, and in this past week. Um, the, the patterns has been, look, it, you know, if you, if you've got live bait, which we typically always leave with live bait, whether it be minnows or a few shrimp left here and there, um, you know, that you can have that. But this time of the year, those fish hit plastic so well. I mean, if you're fishing for trout where you're out in that open water, you know, the plastic is a whole lot. Uh, it's, it's productive. is the only way you can say it. Um. So, I mean, it's, while it's always nice to have that live bait for the backup, the, the plastic's been doing well, under a cog mostly. You know, with the, with the folks we take fishing, they're not, they're not always the most experienced folks. So, having that strike indicator is a whole lot better for them a lot of times. Um, you know, so the inshore has been nice and steady. It, it's been good. I mean, you know, it's not necessarily limits coming in. But I can tell you, there's a, there's been a few boats that got out offshore a couple of days when it laid down, and man, that wahoo bite has been just just tremendous out to the west. Um, I haven't really seen what they're you know what they're doing as far as the tuna run. You know, the tuna's still hitting kind of south of Venice and, and over toward the east of us. But the boats that have been leaving and going to the west have been seeing some really good wahoo action offshore. So, I mean, there's, you know, it's that typical time of the year here. We're coming up on the holidays, and it's kind of getting slow for us and everything, but, I mean, if you're willing to go put in the time and pick your day when the weather lets you, man, the, the fish are still there to, to give you some good entertainment.
0: Darrell, I had a listener text earlier, wanted to know uh, about planning a trip to the Lump. Uh, what month would they suggest So for the quantity, not necessarily the big ones? Uh, I'm thinking that February-March framework is when the peak of it happens, and you can certainly put the quantity in. But then again, you got that October run where the shrimp boat fishing takes place. What's your thoughts on that? If you were going to suggest typically, and it can change from year to year, but what is the best month to get the numbers on the tuna, not necessarily the big ones, 100-pound plus or so?
2: Uh, I, Don, I would say, I mean, if you want numbers – it, it would either be typically starting that August timeframe is when, you know, even some of the close in deep rigs, the, the Medusas and, and those areas, you know, that where you're not having to do that 80, 90 mile run, it, it typically starts up about August. It seems like that's the time that those, those fish start, that, that next, that last year spawn starts getting big enough that you can keep them. So there's more numbers. Um, running into that october time frame i mean if you're looking for action you can't beat the shrimp boats um you know the it's just there's action everywhere whether it be beneath whether it be black thin mixed in uh yellow um but you know the problem the problem we've been having and, and everybody will attest to this anybody that does it is they've gotten so bad so strict on the shark regulations that their population has exploded so if you're looking for something to to pull on a line, and, and you got to remember, anytime you go on tuna fish and you're going tuna fishing, you're going to have the sharks there with you. But I, I would have to say that August through October time frame, because the lump, hey, the they are either there, or they're not. You know, that's the beautiful thing about fishing the lump; it's not the captain's fault. The fish are either there or it's not.
0: But for the bigger ones, you would think the the, the spring season, if you wanted quanti- quality over quantity.
2: Uh, there, there, I think I'd have to go that, that February, March, the, that February, March season on the lump. And, and, you know, for the last several years, the midnight lump hasn't had a whole lot on it. It's been that East lump over on the other side of the mouth of the river. Uh, but yeah, if you want the big ones, it's, you know, there's typically the biggest tuna I've ever caught came from behind the shrimp boats. I mean, when I busted 200 pounds on a tuna, it it was behind a shrimp boat, but those, those fish, those fish over on that East lump have been real big the last few years.
0: Darrell, uh, next week we don't have time now. I want to tell you about this uh, Golf Council request for information on a gag group, and maybe you have some input on that. But for now, if somebody wants to book a trip with you and maybe get a, a Christmas gift certificate, uh, they can find you on my website and tell them some of the other ways they can get in touch with you to sign their, their loved one up for a great Christmas gift.
2: Well, primarily it we would either be you know DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com or they can get it at Realscreamers.com. Or just pick up the phone, 225-937-6288. All right, my
0: friend, let that front pass through and have a good one this weekend.
2: Thank you, Don. Y'all be good.
0: All right, Darrell Carpenter, realscreamers.com. All right, coming up after the top of the hour break, uh, more fishing reports, Captain Mike Gallo, Brendan Bayard with a paddler's report, Ryan Lambert. We're hoping to talk to Renee Dandry. He's got a duck and goose hunt going up in Stuttgart, Arkansas. Also, we got the bad boys uh, buying and selling flying squirrels. This is a first on the outdoor show, I think. We've had so many, sometimes you lose track. Plus, more fishing reports, your text messages, 504-260-1870, right here on The Outdoors with Don DeBue Radio Network. And welcome back into our number two of the Outdoor Show. Boy, what a busy weekend this is going to be. we got a frontal system moving through the area, uh, extending from Mississippi, Alabama, down through Bogalusa. Looks like it's about uh, now over Lake Pontchartrain's western area, and then extending on through uh, Cajun country on down to the Gulf of Mexico. It's moving rather rapidly. Should be out of here by late this morning, maybe an afternoon, depending on where you're listening to us. It takes longer out in the east, when you get these fronts coming in from the northwest, hopefully it'll bring some good, cooler air and uh, make all these hunters real happy. And we got a lot of hunters out there. also have a lot of announcements to, to make that came in during this week. Uh, one thing I want to do is congratulate uh, you, the Louisiana hunters, for helping Louisiana hunters for the hungry this past year. Uh, the donations from the license sales, you can make a donation. Uh, those have increased by 25%. Uh, the clean out you're freezing today, that was uh, collecting 24,000 pounds, and that's despite all of the COVID 19 complications. Uh, they collected over 800 deer that were donated to the network of 60 processors across the state. Their goal this year for the current season is if they can top a 1,000 deer. If you'd like to help them, you know, a lot of you have a, a, an excess of deer and you get your freezer stocked and Uh, You're still seeing a lot of does out there, and you pass them up. Maybe take one and and donate it to one of these processors who donate their time and effort and help the hungry. It's a great program. It provides uh, badly needed nutrition for a lot of folks. And let me tell you, it's a great public relations move for hunters. Uh, Last week, the topic came up about uh, breasting out ducks. And I had a conversation with Julie Grunwald with the Hunters for the Hungry about possibly utilizing the legs, the back, the neck, the wing meat when hunters discard that. And we're kind of working on maybe figuring out a way where we can tie those in as being donations to the Hunters for the Hungry where they could certainly put that to good use. So I'm going to ask you, if you've got any suggestions on how that could work, maybe freezing the carcasses, maybe having a day where volunteers We'll accept those and continue to clean them and remove the the meat that's still there and get it to hunters for the hungry. Anyway, we're trying to formulate some good use for that. Uh, but you know, they're not going. Most of the ducks are clean. I'll, I'll pluck them. I'm kind of old school when it comes to that. But if circumstances warrant, sometimes I will just do the breast thing, depending on the recipe I'm doing too. So anyway, we'll get to that later. But I do have some more information here But I mentioned to Daryl Carpenter. Uh, scientists in the Gulf of Mexico are working on a stock assessment of GAG grouper and they're asking offshore fishermen if you've got any things you've observed about those and even uh, spear fishermen too uh, in- including strange things. I'm not sure what they mean by that but they would like you to respond. You can go to Something's Fishy with GAG and they're looking for this information before January 10th if you can help them out. Something else a lot of you have been waiting for, the online only hunter education certification. Uh, Department of Wildlife and Fisheries has been working on this, seems like, for a whole year. Uh, January 2nd, coming up in a few weeks, if you're 16 years of age or older and you want to get certified, you will be able to do the complete process online. You will not be required to go to the field and and actually shoot the firearms. Now, if you're under 16, you have to take the traditional course, which will be offered, by the way. So hopefully that launch will be successful and effective January 2nd. Louisiana will be, like many other states, offering online hunter education courses. Another thing that came out this week was... If you've been around the marshes of south Louisiana, particularly along the Mississippi River, around the Audubon Zoo area, you've probably noticed uh, some newer residents over the past several years, those black-bellied whistling ducks. Some people call them Mexican squealers or whistling ducks. Well, they've now discovered that there's been so many of them, and they've been uh, feeding in close proximity to each other in that area. They've found some that have tested positive for avian cholera. And this could amount to basically a duck pandemic. It's very, very contagious among waterfowl. Uh, In some instances, it can spread to humans, so they suggest you avoid contact. You will see these birds. They're disoriented. Sometimes there's mucus coming out of the bill. If you see a sick, particularly whistling duck, uh, you might want to report it, but certainly don't touch it. And uh, they're hoping that they can clean this up pretty quickly and can prevent it from spreading any further. All right, we come back after this. Uh, Captain Mike Gallo joins us. We'll get a fishing report on Lake Bourne, Lake Pontchartrain, Mississippi Coast, Chef area, that's his neck of the woods. And he'll tell you where to find them and how to catch them. That's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And it's time to talk to Captain Mike Gallo and get his fishing report for you. It's brought to you each week by CETO. Yep, this is a great time to talk about Seato for $179 a year. What a great Christmas gift it is. Give the gift of peace of mind, knowing that whoever the owner is will have fuel dropped off when and where they need it. Tow-ins available 24-7. Jumpstart electrical problems. They will get you back safely off the water. That's like a AAA policy. Call Captain Chris, 504 301 Forty-five, forty-five, or you can go to seato.com. Captain Mike is with us now, and uh, Mike, did you have the same issue as a lot of our reporters this week, trying to find some water to catch fish? Was it low in your areas?
3: It was very low. Uh, the days that I fished in the marsh, um, I didn't really find that necessarily negative. I knew the redfish weren't so far back in the grass I couldn't get to them. They were pretty much in the bayous or reachable areas because there was a lack of water. So the two days that I fished for redfish, Wednesday and Thursday, I did very well on them. Probably saw over 100 each day. One day we fished with shrimp under a cork, found an intersection where two bayous were crossing and anchored right there, put the power poles down and sat there for 45 minutes and we had our 10 caught another five and let them go just for fun and decided to go see if we could find some trout. second day that I fished in the marsh, same scenario, we just stayed on the trolling motor and threw plastics. The Matrix Craw was very effective, rigged weedless, and we also threw some spoons. One of the things that happens when that water is real low, I think those redfish get really spooky. So a gold spoon... You can really cast it a long ways. And we did the same thing. We would power pole down, maybe sit still and quiet for five or ten minutes, sort of let the redfish forget we were there, and then we could see them, and we'd make casts to them, and some would bite and some wouldn't. But by 11 o'clock, my client and I, I had one, one guy fishing with me. We caught and released 20. So the redfish in the marsh was not a problem with the low water, Earlier in the week I fished down by the Mistigo and the wall area and we threw matrix shad plastics in green hornet color on a three eighths ounce jig head and caught good numbers of speckle trout and nice size speckle trout up to seventeen inches. So it's been a it's been a good week so far. Looks like today we'll sit on land until this weather passes by and hopefully get a window of opportunity to sneak out behind it
0: um you know you mentioned that power pole you know uh, powering down and, and being able to fish you know that that to me mike has got to be the greatest invention for professional guides uh, along with the gps to come along in decades i mean think about how much uh, effort that saves you guys from throwing the sticks down you know the spears anchors and all that kind of stuff and pulling it back up again it is just so easy and so effective but then again that that new remote control trolling motor that'll hold you in place that's that's pretty powerful too so a lot of things that keep you guys fishing for a lot longer
3: you're right don and and i'm very much like you were mentioned that you were sort of old school i didn't have power poles until two years ago i ordered my boat from Skeeter, and it came in late, and I borrowed the dealer's boat, and he had power poles on his. and I only had his boat for about a month. but in that month, I got to where I liked the power <laughs> poles. Really yep. effective in fishing wind, or you know, if I'm going down the bank like I was uh, Thursday with my client and see a little school of six redfish heading towards us, I have a little remote hanging around my neck pressed down. I stop right in in place. We don't drift up on them. You know, you're floating towards them. They're swimming towards you. It cuts down on your time to make an accurate cast. If I can stop the boat, now they're coming towards us. It gives us a little bit more time to make a better presentation and hopefully hook up with one of those fish. I don't have to worry about the wind blowing me on one of the shorelines or pushing me up on ground. I'm sitting right where I'm at. I can net the fish, we can take pictures of the fish, release the fish or keep it, whatever our choice happens to be. So yep, yeah, they're that's... very very helpful. I don't know why I was hard-headed and didn't get them for so long.
0: Yep, and uh, make a great Christmas gift to give give somebody a power pole setup, that's for sure. Well Mike, listen, I want to know uh, about one of the stellar trips that you've had over the past couple of weeks. I know you got a chance to fish with the great Gary Rasponi. Tell me how that was. <laughs>
3: Well, uh, I'm going to blame you a little bit. I was leery <laughs> of fishing with the black cloud for many years, but he's fairly persistent. and I Fairly I said, yeah, persistent. Let's, let's
0: That's a fair. delicate way of putting it. Okay, go ahead.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be politically correct. Anyway, he was fairly persistent, and we had a trip set up for last Monday that didn't happen due to weather, and we pushed it back to this Tuesday. Um And sometimes I remember Frank Moore saying, I'd rather be lucky than good. And we were headed down the intercoastal waterway going to fish in the Mr. Go. As we approached the lock, there was a huge tugboat pushing nine barges through the locks. And he wasn't moving very fast. There certainly was no room for me to go between him and the lock. I wasn't going to do anything like that. So I just pulled over to the side. There's a little metal bulkhead there that we've caught fish at over the last couple of weeks and there was no boats there so i decided well we can kill 15 minutes here and either figure out there's fish here or eliminate this spot and let that tug go through the locks well we never moved again we sat right there and ended up catching 30 beautiful trout by 11 o'clock the tide stopped the bite stopped and we decided to head on in try to catch a few bass and redfish along the way but that didn't work out for us. We had a couple of bass and one redfish. So, but the trout were beautiful. I call them obvious fish. I don't need the root I don't need to put them on a ruler at all. Nice fish.
0: Sound like the black cloud took a vacation, maybe, and left you guys alone at least for once.
3: <laughs> and he caught fish. We did well. I did a little coaching. He had a friend with him, and we just had perfect conditions. No wind at all, so you could really you know help somebody watch his line figure out when it sets on the bottom lift it slowly drag it slowly and i told him if anything changes set the hook and fortunately the fish were pretty aggressive and we all caught fish we even tried to get chris to pick up a rod but he, he seems to like the camera better than the fishing rod
0: so yes he does He's and he does a great guy. job on it <laughs> All right, sounds good, Mike. Thank you for the report. And, uh, again, this is Christmas shopping season, and one of the things you offer is lodging and fishing trips, and you can get a gift certificate. Tell them how to get it.
3: Very simple. You can find me on com, my website, which is AAofLA.com, or call me on the telephone, Um, you yesterday. They're not traveling too far. I think we could come in people's hands before they uh, before Christmas is upon us. All
0: right, I'll give that number out because you broke up a little bit. Nine eight five seven eight one seven eight one one. Thank you, Cap Mike. Uh, y'all let that front get through and have a great day, my friend. We'll talk to you next week.
3: Thank you, Don. We'll talk to you then.
0: All right, and there he goes with his theme song, Born on the Bayou. You, the audience, picked that out for him, too. Good choice, I think. All right, coming back next, if you like to paddle for fish, canoe, pirogue, Tom Sawyer-Raff, whatever, Brendan Bayard joins us to update us. Hope he's not getting wet because I think his area is under a little bit of a frontal system passage. We'll find out right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And it's time for our Paddler's Report. We get Brendan Bayard to fill in and do that every other week. And, uh, Brendan, I've been watching the weather for you on the radar. (laughs) That area you picked today, fish on Highway 1, looks like right about this time of the day you're going to be getting the worst of it. What's your plan down there, and what are you seeing?
4: Uh, I'm going to hang close to the road this morning, Don. I'm going to uh, fish for a couple hours. I'm going to keep my phone really close to me keep an eye on that radar and just kind of jump out really quick and uh go get uh, a big breakfast or something whenever that front comes through and then pop back out the good thing uh there's always plenty of places that are good to fish really close to the launch when you have a kayak and you can and launch anywhere down la1 you can pick any little ditch or bay or, or go in there for you know an hour uh you know or 30 minutes if you need to and uh get some get some fishing done and and get out quickly. Last night we got here with probably about an hour to fish. And we launched and caught probably 15 trout with, in an hour and got off uh, the water right at dark. And uh, besides the gnats, it was pretty heavenly. So I hope that uh, that repeats today. Uh, we can do what we did
1: in one hour throughout the to
4: here and there. there. We'll, be, we'll be pretty good. The water's low this morning. But the water's clean, so we'll hopefully after this wind uh, it stays pretty clean. But the, the trout were really, uh, really nice, uh, uh, biting pretty good. We had some uh, action on corks, I had a little voodoo under the cork, and then we also had some action on top water, so it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. Decent-sized trout on top waters and corks. Uh, the only problem is going to be, can you get them? How much wind is going to be behind this frontal system when it passes? And I don't think they're calling for a real hard, hard, stiff wind for any length of time. And I guess you can always duck into a, a lee area if you need to.
2: Yeah, use
4: that Google map and kind of find some barriers, some uh, roadways that, that block that south wind from you. I think that's the best move uh, on days like today, where uh, you, you really want to go fishing, but the weather's not just perfect for you. So, gonna make do and uh, you know pick some high banks and some trees and some canals to duck into and, and make the best of it. But uh, should be pretty good, and I'm sure we'll have a mess of fish at the end of the day to clean. And I got my uh, I got my bibs and my uh, my rain jacket I bought. Uh, from AFCO um, before I went to Sweden a couple of years ago, so I, I got my heavy-duty reindeer in case uh, in
0: case I want to stay out here. <laughs> Sounds like you're well-prepared. Brendan, we were talking with Mike Gallo just a few minutes ago about the power pole and what a great invention that is for Mars fishermen. What about for paddlers? What do you use to spike down with them? I mean, I believe they have power poles for kayaks, correct? Oh, you're, you're speaking my language, Don. I have a, a, a micro uh,
4: on the back of my Hobie. Uh, I have two brackets on, on my outback and my PA and I just move my, my micro power pole between each unit, depending on which boat I'm using that day. And I have a a little necklace with the little button on the end of it, just like Mike does. If I'm standing up and I'm drifting across a pond and I see a red, I can just double click that, that button power pole down, grab my rod really quietly and and make the cast. It's a, it's a great tool. And, uh, I definitely recommend it for any kayaker that, that really likes to kayak fish and does it, you know, just more than just uh, a few times a year. It's, it's a great, great investment and uh, makes it a lot funner to fish.
0: For people who just the light bulb went off in their head and say, man, I know somebody that fishes out of a kayak and they could really use that power pole, what are you looking at uh, the cost-wise for that, that unit? Uh, I think the unit
4: is $600, and then you can outfit it uh, in different ways. If you would like a rechargeable battery pack, they have those options. You can hardwire it to a bigger battery inside your hull. You can get – they have aluminum spikes. They have uh, lightweight spikes. They have longer – you know, you can – if you fish deep water, they make an 8-foot, and then there's a 6-foot, and there's different lengths, uh, you know. So there's there's some options out there, and then uh, the quick – quick release uh, bracket that goes on the back you can get extra brackets like I did and mount them between multiple kayaks so that if you like a bigger boat on some days when you're standing up and sight fishing and you like a little faster sleeker boat when you're going longer distances to catch trout uh, that's kind of what I use mine between the two Uh, and it's worked nicely and uh, I've had it for years It, it works great.
0: Yep, wouldn't leave home without it, I'm sure. Great product, great uh, philosophy on using that, because, especially for tournament fishermen, um, it's been a godsend, and those things are great. Well, Brendan, thanks so much. Hope things work out for you. Let that weather get through, and hope you put some trout in the boat, and we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks, Don. Take care. All righty. Brendan Bayard, one of our two paddlers reporters. That report, by the way, is brought to you by the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club. It's a presentation of Massey's. You're going to find them in mid-city New Orleans, Covington, Baton Rouge, offering the best kayak fishing models from brands like Hobie, Jackson, and Native Watercraft. Check the website out, com, or check them out on Facebook, and they might just have one of those mini power poles for you. Coming back after this, it's bad boy time. Two guys... Uh, Discussing and actually completing a transaction involving flying squirrels. They are now bad boys of the outdoors. Their story's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. We get text messages in each and every week, and we got several of them this morning. We got the Convent Hunting Club checking in. They're going to load the dogs. Uh, after a weekend of building those bonfires, which is a cr- Christmas tradition up that river on the levee, uh, they are going to be in the hunting mode. they got beagles, running rabbits is the name of the game, and the game is on. You're wishing good luck to everyone in the outdoors. Uh, we also have Bart checking in from Baxterville, Mississippi. He's uh, hunting uh, with the front. Uh, got deer on the way in during the dark. He saw deer all over the road on the way to the deer stand. Yes, they probably will be moving between rut and weather. Should be a good, dear morning. All right, we have someone here enjoying the show. Oh, that's uh, Lafayette yacker getting windshield time in Lower Vermilion Parish waiting for the paddler's report. Hope you enjoyed it. We just had it. And then we have someone wanting the name of that fish line Jeff Brew was talking about. That is Berkeley Fluoroshield. It's a combination of fluorocarbon and regular line. Gives you the best of both worlds. Uh, here's one yesterday morning. A kayaker went to the non-motorized launch in Big Branch National Wildlife Refuge, Water was too low to launch for a kayak. That had to be low. Uh, Also saw a deer had been poached. The head had been cut off and the antlers taken off. Not good. Reported it to the National Wildlife Refuge. Good job. All right, we have a disabled veteran listening uh, every week. Been fishing out of Happy Jack off the bank for many years. Last weekend started catching fish, and lo and behold, we were told there was no fishing from there no longer. I don't get it. Why would people stop those who don't have access to boats from fishing from the bank for many years? During this pandemic, those without jobs trying to put a few fair game on the table. That's from Ying Ling and the boys. Well, I don't know the circumstances there. You know, it could be a liability concern or whatever, but... Yeah, it's uh, getting tougher and tougher to find bank fishing spots. All right, uh, right after this quick 10-second pause, we're going to tell you the story of a couple of guys engaged in a transaction involving flying squirrels. Yes, right after this, uh, where we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Corporal Cullum sheck of Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Enforcement Division got a tip like the ones that initiate so many of our bad boy cases back on October 20th, about Dylan Morisi offering to sell two live flying squirrels on social media, where so many of our bad boys incriminate themselves, for the amount of $400. After making contact with Morisi at his residence, the agent learned that Morisi had sold the two flying squirrels to Jesse Floyd for $500. The agent seized the two squirrels from Floyd, returned them to the wall where they belong. Floyd and Maurici both admitted to the buying and selling of the flying squirrels for $500. For possession of live non-game quadrupeds without a permit and buying a wild quadruped, quadruped, another name for a four-legged animal, facing a maximum of $1,250 fine and 90 days in jail, is 41-year-old Jesse Floyd of New Iberia. And for selling wild non-game quadrupeds, facing a $750 fine and 30 days in jail, is 25-year-old Dylan Morisi of New Iberia, our bad boys of the outdoors. Well, whoever thought they'd be selling Rocky, Rocky the Flying Squirrel. Anyway, <laughs> don't forget in a couple of weeks, be tuned in. We want you, the audience, to ha- to make the selection of the baddest of the bad. We're going to have probably the, the most serious and egregious cases that we said, uh, we revealed to you all year long, and you get the vote, and we'll announce who the winner of that, uh, that, that very lucrative award is to be named. What an honor to be the baddest of the bad. All right, we come back after this. Ryan Lambert, you know, get a recap on the first split of duck season and get a fishing report from Lower Plaquemines Parish. It's next on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network and if you're a first-time listener and wonder why we call ryan lambert the plastic man it's obvious the man just does not like the smell of shrimp on his fingers so he uses plastic captain ryan lambert joins us ryan i'm looking at the uh, the radar here and you're in that position this morning you and the boys uh do you go out and try to get a couple hours or so in before it hits or do you kind of hang back and let that baby roll through and then go out behind it what's the plan this morning well, they're gonna
5: they're gonna go go out right now and try to get some some fish in there and uh, see what it's gonna look like. And then they you know they watch the radar real close and they can come right in or they got places they could shelter in if it's gonna be short. So you know we just have to we watch it every day, <laughs> especially in the summertime. You know these cold fronts they're gonna come through and sometimes they come through pretty quick. If they do, you know it it when it gets down south like that it can open up a little bit. So. You just have to play it. You know, as long as there's no lightning, we're good with it.
0: Yeah, and sometimes it just peters out, burns itself out, and hardly anything might get a little drizzle when it gets to you down there because you are about the last piece of land <laughs> to the east and south of, <laughs> of Louisiana. Yeah, we way uh, south and way east. You know? Yes, indeed. How was uh, did you have? Were you guys affected by all that low water this week that other people had experienced? Uh,
5: Sure, everybody is. I mean, I'm. We special, but we're not that special. <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the fish have been good. I mean, good, great. The boys have been on on some serious redfish. And you know, uh when it's good, they're getting some trout too. But there's, there's a lot of bull reds, and they've been having a lot of fun.
0: You know, so, I saw uh, one of uh, the the Harem members, Sarah Giles. Did you see that forty inch yeah, redfish? I saw she that forty inches
5: she got. Yeah, I, I bet did. she
0: was screaming on that one, huh?
5: <laughs> she was. She had it on an eight-weight, too. So, yeah, I talked wow. to her yesterday. We, after Christmas, we're going to get together, and, and me and her and and, and uh, Laney are all going to go whack a bunch of those. Because there's a lot of them around right now, and the colder it gets, and it's going to get real cold later this week in the 30s. So, if the water is going to get clearer and clearer and clearer, and it's going to be really nice, and we'll be able to sight fish those big girls. I know where there's a bunch of them, and, and a lot of keepers, too. So, you know, we're going to go out and have some good times. You know, as you know, I'll tell you, I you like what, that's a... I fish, I like fish.
0: I, I, you know, you got to give her credit for some fishing skills to land on, on an eight-weight fly rod a forty-inch redfish. A lot of people have trouble with a bait cast or a spinning reel, and to do it with a fly rod, that's an accomplished fisher person. So, congratulations oh, to Sarah man. on that that great catch. My harem's
5: a special bunch, buddy. They can, they can get it done. They can <laughs> shoot the ducks. They can, they can I fish. I mean, you know, no, just not every got, girl can just jump in the harem. I mean that. No, they, they gotta have count.
0: they gotta have certain qualities. I tell you what, you got some ones that can cook pretty good too. You know, so that that's an oh, added plus. Well,
5: yeah, I sure Ryan, do. Ryan, if tell you it. would, go ahead. No, no, go ahead.
0: I was going to ask you to kind of recap the first split of duck season, and what are you going to forecast now, given what we've seen the first split? What's going to happen on the second second half?
2: Well,
5: what's going to happen? is this cold weather is going to push the ducks down. And when they come through Arkansas, it's bone dry. It is bone dry. Everything up there is bone dry. So the ducks have to come down. And, you know, we killed right at 2,000 the first split. I mean, it was fabulous. I mean, it's the best duck season I've seen in a while. And we have no food. I mean, they, <laughs> you know, they got the duck potato roots, and there's, there's some aquatic vegetation coming back, believe it or not. It's starting to green up a little bit. But uh, it was a special season, and a, and a lot of good ducks too. I think um, I think we're gonna have more canvasbacks and redheads. The second split, that's normal. Uh, we killed a few greenheads this, this last week, so I think we'll get a couple of more mallards, which is very unusual. But if it's so dry up north, they're gonna come. And uh, at first we had tons of widgeons, and I haven't seen them this week. You know, just a, a flock here or there. But we were killing everybody was killing widgeons. But um, they've 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 kind of waned or, or went somewhere else for different food. But the pintails, oh my gosh, we got pintails. It's 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 gonna be good. This is the best season we've seen in a while, and we uh, we're gonna be out there every day. But there's a lot a lot of low tide. There's, there's between the the ninth and fifteenth of January, we can't even hunt. Now, if we get some wind, you know, I'm not going to book it with customers, but if we get some wind to push water in, you know, I'll get the harem and, and, you know, uh, Mr. (laughs) Carl, Mr. Carl, and and we're going to get you down too. You got to come hunt. So uh, if we get some wind, we're going to go. And plus there's some blinds that I can hunt. But you just can't book it because if you get a calm day with a negative one foot of tide, I mean, (laughs) you're not killing ducks. I mean, that's plain and simple. So. You know, I, I don't even book it. It hurts as bad for, for you know, business-wise, but you got to do the right thing.
0: Got it. All right, well, it sounds good. Uh, y'all, uh, hopefully you can get some fishing in with that little frontal system front and back, and if somebody wants to get in touch with you and get some of those dates that you do have for either fishing and or hunting, do the blast and cast, uh, tell them how to get a hold of you.
5: Yeah, they can they can go to CajunFishingAdventures.com and check it all out, or they can call me direct at 504 504- Five five nine five one one one, and i do have a few good dates uh for ducks still so you know in january i got a few so uh yeah it's a special season come get you some and and the people up north i mean the wintertime fishing here is unbelievable and we don't have any snow or ice
0: that's it no none none that we can count on that's for sure well uh, one last question i'm I'm getting some text messages in. They want to know if you have any openings for that harem. Are you taking any applications right now, or is it pretty much closed?
5: No, they just they just have to uh, send a picture of their boat. <laughs> <laughs> like like they tell the guys, you know, you got to have a boat, send a picture of the boat. Yeah, there we. <laughs> they, there's a lot of girls that want to get in on that because Martha, every day Martha sends me another, this one wants to go, this one wants to go, <laughs> so bring them, bring them. We'll take yeah. them all. And so there's there's more and more people getting into hunting this year. The the license were up, like, 37 million in the the United States, and one-third of those are women getting into hunting. It's a great sport. Get out the house and come do it, girls. I mean, it's wonderful.
0: The secret's out. It's no longer a guy's thing for sure.
5: Shouldn't be. (laughs) All
0: right, Ryan, we'll catch up with you next week, my friend. See you then.
5: All right, my friend. I'm going to Mexico today. We're going to whack some other birds. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you speak that language you should be in good shape <laughs> wild
5: dog babies <laughs> let's see you
0: <laughs> all right vaya con deals all right we come back after this uh, let's we'll see if we can catch up with renee dandry he's a great duck and goose caller but he's up there in stuttgart looking around hopefully we can make contact with him we'll do that right after this time out on the outdoors with don dubuque radio network all right we have not yet been able to make contact with renee dandry he's up in stuttgart arkansas doing some hunting up there and hopefully the Hunting is so good he had not been able to put the shotgun down and pick up the cell phone to call us. If we do get him, we'll get him to chat with us for a little bit. All right, when I finish my mission here in Alabama, when my undercover work is done, I'm going to be doing a little bit of Christmas shopping. Uh, I'm going to stop over at Martian Bayou's our new location in Mandeville on Highway 190, also known as Florida. Uh, they got some great gift ideas over there. Maybe I'll see you over there today. They're open from 9 to 5 today. It's Martian Bayou's new location in Mandeville, got some great uh, new products that they've got over there, too. All right, uh, also I wanted to mention to you, um, you know, the the, the the text message board remains open, and I got some text coming in here. Brett Galatis, he says, looks like the second split should be good. Uh, duck hunting, he's still, still seeing a lot of ducks in the Bayou in front of the house, and that is in the Bayou Liberty area also have a question text in. What is a good radar to put on my phone for hunting and fishing? Uh, I'll tell you a good one. Um, The WWL-TV, who I work with, uh, they have their marine and boating forecast. They've got radar shots, and they've probably got a dozen of them from extended way out for the entire Gulf of Mexico into very narrow areas of interest, and it's it's easy to get, and uh, it's in real time. Uh, shows the movement of it it's in color Uh, that's the one that i use in most cases there's lots of them out there you could google it and put them in all day long national weather service has some but uh, that one seems to be a a very easy one to read and especially if you want to bounce around and find specific areas that you're interested in checking out all right uh here's one that says the bonfires are being canceled on the river this year because of the COVID. well what else is new I'm not surprised. Eric is hunting in a beta. He said he attached a picture. Eric can't get pictures on this text. Uh, you're going to have to send it to my email, dontheoutdoorsguy.com, and look for the Contact Don button, and I'll be able to get your pictures. He says he's got two flyers in his box stand in a beta. What kind of flyers are in his deer stand? I don't know. And here's one that says, Don, you need a second year end category, Dumbest Bad Boy, advertising illegal catches on social media, Dumb, dumb, dumb. But i got to tell you, there's so many of them that do it. Um, it's like some of them want to you know, turn it into a business, like the guy selling the flying squirrels. But other ones, you know, they go out and they'll they'll kill something illegally and they just got to brag. So what do they do? They put it on their Facebook page. And, you know, wildlife and fishery agents, they probably just sit there scrolling through Facebook and social media and they find it all kind of leads to investigate and and bring these guys to justice so anyway i got a a a whole bunch of more of them that that were turned in this is the busy time of the year for the enforcement agents you know we owe those guys a, a debt of gratitude because most of them they got into it because they love the outdoors they're sportsmen they like to hunt and fish and this is the best time of the year for it everything's in all the hunting seasons they got fresh and saltwater fishing's good and what are they doing they're out there trying to check and stop people and and they're working so we we thank them for doing that uh very dedicated people to take that job and it's not like you know police force you don't have a lot of backup and uh, pretty much everyone that you run into doing hunting season has got a firearm and we know how that can turn out sometimes all right well we thank you for tuning in hope you'll tune us in again next week every every week we come on at 5 a.m and we broadcast across the network. we got special Christmas programming coming up. Uh, we'll try to help you maybe shop for some last-minute gifts as we get a little bit closer. By the way, we had a, several orders came in for the St. Hubert Prayer in Print. You know, I named my broadcast studio in honor of uh, the patron saint of hunters, and it makes a great gift, and it's very unlikely that uh, the hunter on your list that has a camp actually has one of those, so it's a unique gift You'll find it on my website, and I believe they're running a two-for-one special. So good news is you get to keep one for yourself and also get a very, very unique gift. That's at dontheoutdoorsguy.com. Don't forget to watch our Bayou Wild TV. We're going to be kicking off Season 6 very shortly. Got some great fishing and hunting adventures, some cultural adventures uh, that we're going to be showing you all during the coming year. A 100th episode, we'll be celebrating that one too, kind of taking a look back at the first hundred. And hopefully we'll have another 100 for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Watch that weather. Get out behind it or in front of it. And we'll see you next week on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network.